0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the AMM podcast. Today, I'm here with Rachel Petrillo. Rachel, what do you think is important for people to know before we dive into this conversation?
1: So I have a little project called the Unstuck Project. Um, I've been doing that for about seven, eight years now, and ultimately just means connecting with people that might have gotten stuck or had their story rerouted in a way that has caused them to potentially lose their identity or struggle with particular issues. So I write and talk about a pretty wide variety of, um, of topics. And um, yeah, I'm just excited to dig into this topic for today.
0: Great. So as a disclaimer to everyone that's listening, there is going to be some very mature content being discussed in a mature way. And so we're addressing this, or at least I want to address this from the perspective of I think the church sometimes doesn't do a great job of equipping people with the how of living their life. And I wanted to bring this topic into the light, one, because I think it's fascinating from a technology standpoint, and two, because I think it has wide ranging implications for the future of society. So we're we're gonna be talking about uh, the rising trend of sex dolls and sex doll brothels popping up all over the world. I really hope this is something that people listen to and it's not, enlightening is not the right word, but maybe it helps them see, see people that they may have demonized or cast off in the past because of certain things. Maybe it helps illuminate their humanity Mm -hmm. and uh, approach them with maybe more, more compassion. I realize some people might not know exactly what a sex doll brothel is. Yeah. So so there's a rising trend in life size and very lifelike sex dolls that you can customize with body specifications. You can pay extra money to actually get them to look like famous people or anime characters or anyone that you want, anything you're willing to pay for. And these brothels have been popping up kind of as a testing ground for people that are thinking about spending the thousands of dollars that these lifelike sex dolls cost. So at the brothel, from the research that I could find online, most of them you pay for an hour Mm -hmm. and you get access to a couple of different dolls that you get to select and they're cleaned um, before each session. And generally there is a, a bedroom type setting in the brothel so you're paying and people are going to try them out before they're making a big investment into their own so start off with the first question i wanted to frame this not from a position of outrage and saying oh this is automatically wrong but looking at it like could this actually be beneficial for anyone's society especially looking to the fringes of society So let's just answer, let me hear your thoughts on that question first. Do you think that having a a sex doll brothel could be beneficial for anyone in society?
1: You know, my immediate inclination is just to be like, no, 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 across the board. And then I tried to kind of dig into it a little bit and be like, why do I think that, what are the, um, Mm-hmm. parts of population that I'm not considering because you know I'm not in their shoes um, and I also come from an incredibly different perspective um, For the fringes you know of course I can see the perspective of if someone is wed- widowed or if someone has a you know unfortunate proclivity towards children or something like that you know I can see that there there can be a benefit it's hard for me not to still think this is not ideal. You know, like, it's hard for me not to come from a perspective of like, this is likely not what God intended. So like, I find myself in that space, but I guess I look at also what causes least harm. And I think that that's something people are looking at and studying and thinking to themselves, okay, this might seem strange, this might seem outside of a social norm, and our immediate inclination is, uh, it's weird, let's hide it. Let's not bring it out into the light. Um, and also, ultimately, let's shame whatever seems like abnormal. Yeah. I'm not a fan of shame. I, I do feel like um, that the never feels good and it usually leads to uh, more destructive behavior, in my opinion. Um, if not for the fact that it also just is hurtful to the individual. But anyhow, to answer your question, I think that there can be some positives to it. um, But I I still have some reticence towards the whole idea. When you initially mentioned that question, I like wrote down a note because I was kind of thinking like, what do we classify as a sex doll? I mean, really and truly, like there are different sort of Varieties um, within the sex industry. I mean, some people might just order like a part, you know, and then that kind of I'm like struggling with not wanting to be too crass. (laughs) Um,
0: I think we can call things by what they are. So
1: Yeah, like someone might just order like the part of the lower half of vagina or whatever that they're looking for. Um, and then that kind of takes into play like there's a differentiation there in that that's that's pretty much just being used for the purpose of sex you know Mm
2: -hmm.
1: a relief of some sort in that specific area however like when you bring into play like the actual doll and like having a face and like a certain look and then people um you know claiming to have some sort of like intimacy in relationship and connection to an inanimate object that kind of like broadens the scope of the use of the object you know Uh and what that means it's entirely i i think it's different you know i don't know what are your thoughts between like just pleasure and then also perceived like emotional intimacy like do you think that that's really a thing
0: yeah, I wonder the first question in my mind is if if you are well, I question whether or not it's it's even technically sex. If it's sexual intercourse. Yeah. Um it feels like it's a um, it's a masturbation aid or mm-hmm. I mean I, I don't I really don't know what you would call it other than that. Um but I think I think the sex aspect of it gets brought in when you have a relationship that's deeper than strictly I'm using this for like a, a visceral or I mean it could easily be an emotional need. Yeah. That that this is this is meeting.
1: Ultimately, I think it's all on some level an emotional need. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, even sex itself, and I mean, of course, there's, there are um, practicalities of the fact that everything's connected to the brain, you know, that's how addictions are created in sex and even, um, even bonds are created between people and potentially an inanimate object, um, just because of the way that our synaptic pathways are formed. and your brain doesn't perceive a human being any differently than it does a drug, ultimately. Like it doesn't have that perception. It's not your soul, it's not your mind. Um, And so like when I think about it, I guess I could see how, like they say that if you hold hands with a person that like, I don't know what the chemical is called that gets released, but it's a bonding chemical. Maybe people are experiencing that with these dolls. I don't know. But I hadn't really thought of that before until just now. But that would slightly validate some aspect that you could have a deeper feeling aside from like essentially just getting off.
0: I don't know. Uh huh. I think what adds an additional layer of complexity and depth to this is in the last couple of years, people have been adding artificial intelligence, so that these these dolls go from inanimate to having a semblance of that spark of life where they can have rudimentary conversations with you they can know your name um but it's all really focused on um it's self-serving like you i'm sure there would be people that have a relationship with these sex dolls where they would you know, like clean its face with a napkin, take care of it, pamper it, do that, have that sort of reciprocal relationship with it. Right. But there's also, there are advertisers having different modes. For example, there's like midnight mode, sexy mode, but then family mode. So the, the idea is that this is really being sold as a comprehensive companion and a substitute to a human companion.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, it's hard for me not to find that a little bit problematic, depending on what your view of a relationship is and what your view of what just potentially being a healthy human being is. And I know that that's subjective. You know, my inclination is to say that this kind of breeds um, a pretty selfish aspect to humanity because typically I feel like it's, in my opinion, it's a little too easy. You know, Mm. Um, it's, it requires not much in the way of, if you need to offer something back or like you, I think the appeal is that you don't have to think about the object. You don't have to think about, giving the object pleasure or considering it or if it's willing or you know where it's at emotionally if it had a bad day you know like you don't have to think about that you just get to take yeah um and possibly if that stays that mentality stays limited within that space and people compartmentalize maybe maybe the adverse effects don't bleed into how we treat other people um but i guess i would just say even if it is limited like let's just say that the aspect of what i perceive to be kind of selfishness in that space even if it's just limited to having a sex doll and using it for sex and using it for um companionship it it just seems void to me of like the fullness of the human experience. And although I can see it as an alternative, um, I don't know. I I would imagine a person that got too deep into that would find it a little bit frustrating and difficult to, um, deal with a real person, you know, Mm -hmm. it would kind of seem like a nuisance, a bother if like that's what you learn to expect and that's the environment that you cultivate is, I want this, Um, I've groomed it and chosen what is most beautiful, aesthetically pleasing to me, it always is like this. It never wakes up with like bad hair or acne or you know, it just pleases me. I don't know, I guess I just, I don't know what I think about that.
0: Yeah, in terms of in terms of the the long-term impacts on society, let's say a hundred years down the road, these become very common. It's yeah. socially acceptable by all people, and the minority are those that oppose it. Mm-hmm. it. I think I've been reflecting from like looking into this topic on my own relationship, my marriage with my wife, and even just yeah. friendships. And I think that there is a um, maturation process that's very beneficial when you don't get everything that you want. For instance, like if my buddies want to hang out and they say, no, like I've got this thing, or even if my wife and I are wanting to be intimate and she has had a terrible day and it's not, it's not loving for me to expect that from her mm-hmm. being called no. I think in the in the course of a relationship is a very positive thing because it breaks you out of your cycle and what you're looking for. And it makes you more aware of the needs of the other person first.
1: Yeah, I can see that. And it's, you know, the idea of, of loving a person does, you know, involve sacrifice and does involve like thinking mm-hmm. of, their heart and what is reciprocal and like what would also be good for them and like obviously you're not gonna have to think about that with a doll that is likely not gonna say no unless it like we really get to some high-tech stuff that I'm not familiar with um yeah I mean I tend to look at things as like what's problematic about it, but then also, what problem does it potentially solve? Uh Um, I think maybe in some of the notes that you had sent over, I I can't quite recall, but um, I was kind of thinking about, and again, you might have, have brought it up first, you know, does it potentially, you know, mitigate potentially mitigate people that are, you know, sexually attracted to children or, you know, don't have that companionship that, that aren't married, um, or maybe are, um, have like a, a physical limitation. Um, you know, in those spaces for some people, maybe for them, they don't think having a, a real life companion is even an option for them. Uh Um, so in, you know, lieu of that, do we like essentially judge their inability to like have that and say, well, you're um, you're likely going to atrophy your emotional capacity. And they're kind of like, I don't care. That's not an option for me anyways, you know? So why should I be deprived of um, this one aspect that could bring some comfort to me? And I feel like in some ways people might kind of liken it to like, on a companionship level, having just something else in a space, like even like a pet or something, you know, just kind of perceived energy, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah. I want to, I want to talk about the, the, the pedophile aspect of this. Yeah. Because I couldn't, I couldn't find anything where people were, were selling dolls that looked like children or were like Mm child-sized but there is a there is a video that i saw of a brothel that's running in nevada right now and they said that they do not permit that because that's still illegal by u.s governmental law um but I, i wanted to bring it up because i think how how we answer that question Is, is telling. Like you said at the beginning, like you had this initial reaction, but then you thought, okay, well, why do I think that? Yeah. So let's imagine, I'm trying to think of an analogous scenario where let's say someone is a psychopath, they're deranged, they're unstable, and it's someone that, that would go on to become a serial killer. Right. So not a large population of the world, very small percentage, I'd say would fit into that category. So is it loving to create a bunch of lifelike dolls so that they can satisfy themselves by just killing these lifelike dolls? But there's no real human casualty.
1: Right. You know, I feel like the way that human beings are wired typically is like with something like that, that that let's just say it meets a need, right?
2: Uh-huh.
1: And it temporarily meets a need, um, maybe like for a little while that satisfies. But I I feel like okay, so like brass tacks, like you're married, so like your intention towards your wife and commitment and um, all of that is also predicated on the fact that like you're in a covenant with her you're um you made a promise you have agreements together um and that kind of tends to keep people from from straying and then like just hooking up with anyone else like you have an agreement with her and you respect that yeah with something like that there's no agreement to um to stick within the bounds of like oh i'm only going to stay um, I'm only going to have this action with this doll, whether it's stabbing it to death or um, having sex with it, if you can call it that. There's no agreement there. So, my concern is that does that make sense? Yes. My totally. concern is that with there being no agreement and with it being already foundationally kind of selfish or self serving, um, that. The way that the brain is wired, especially if it is based off pleasure, is that that would just ramp up. And maybe the desire um, and proclivity would only increase. You know, I'm not a scientist, I haven't studied this or done a case study, so I don't know. But I think that, like, we look at pornography and it tends to be that way. You know, what initially gave the brain, um, the spark and trigger and dopamine rush that seems to not work over time, and then it gets progressively into harder, darker, or whatever corners of the earth it can go to. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I so thinking back to that with things that are already deemed illegal in the United States and elsewhere. So, if you're if you're buying this as a companion then that would mean that you couldn't legally have more than one right because a polyamorous relationship can that be recognized by i mean it depends on the state yeah right
1: yeah i i found that actually fascinating because in preparation for this i had seen some documentaries before on this subject but I um I dug into a couple of others, um, and it it does seem kind of common. I mean, maybe these are just like more extreme cases, you know. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it does seem kind of common that um, someone that's interested in a sex doll has many of them. Um, and I, I actually I thought of the polyamory aspect of it, um, so I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I found it interesting. I, or slash possibly a little telling that someone would, would choose to have, you know, a variety, you know, Mm
2: -hmm. different
1: faces, hair, body types. Um, and I, I mean, maybe that's the natural, um, way that given option, maybe a lot of people would do that even in real life. And we don't because, It's frowned upon slash. A lot of people want to have a monogamous relationship. I don't know. I just thought that that was interesting. Like, Mm -hmm. people wanted that variety, it seemed. Um, And they weren't satisfied with having like one anatomically correct. I don't know. It's just I was just reading and um, I can't remember what verse it was, but it says something along the lines of like, um, the eyes of a man are never satisfied or never full. And I think that's like mankind. Um, Hmm. But I don't know, just a thought.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it makes me think that (laughs) like the the government has regulations for us, like it's illegal to not wear a seatbelt. Yeah, and that's because they're trying to keep our best interests in mind, keep us safe because seatbelts are known to save people's lives. But does the government have a responsibility for our psychological, emotional, and mental well-being? Like, if it's well documented and studied, and I'm not saying I'm not saying I know this or that it is. I'm just bringing yeah. it as, a, as a, a point. Let's let's say that it's shown to be emotionally damaging to be in a polyamorous relationship, or to be in a a sort of relationship that's simulated by one person with all these different sex dolls, like a variety of them. Yeah. And that's shown to really weaken their mental state, weaken them emotionally.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Does the government have a responsibility to make that illegal?
1: I mean, as soon as you started talking about that, I initially started thinking about just foundationally how even schools are run you know we don't have these types of conversations or to my knowledge there aren't like classes that um you know would address like sexual abuse or a lot to do with mental health maybe that's becoming more broad but i mean most schools aside from my guess private schools are um are they not government funded like to me like it would start there. Uh I don't, I guess I don't see. I don't see on a political level, our government's taking that much of a vested interest in um, moral or emotional matters. But maybe there is an aspect of which that exists. And I'm just not aware of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess, you know, probably to your point, I mean, polyamory is is illegal in most states, right?
0: Is it? I, I do not know.
1: Okay. I, I kind of think that it is, or, or at least banned or something. So maybe like that aspect would be, you know, certainly like a blend between um, social norms and possibly what's best for society and um, government regulation. But uh-huh. I could just be making things up. I don't know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's an interesting element. Um, you know, ultimately when I was really thinking about this, you also kind of, you know, you asked the question, you know, what is a sex doll? And then also I think that, and then you also said, you know, is this even really sex? Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess like it would be, I would be interested to hear like, what is your definition of sex?
0: Yeah, I I looked it up. So I went to Merriam-Webster. I went to okay. dictionary.com, went to those places. And they generally said that it was vaginal intercourse between a man and a woman. Okay. That is what sexual intercourse is. But I think the the common use in our culture of the word sex
2: mm-hmm. does
0: not mean sexual intercourse. It means any anything from oral sex to anal sex to like varying degrees of like first base second base third base um yeah so i think i think sex has a, a much broader use and meaning but i don't i wouldn't consider it i sexual intercourse i think where it gets really close and i, w- I want to be clear that there is no artificial intelligence that is available on the consumer market that is even remotely close to being sentient or free-thinking. Okay. It, it's all programmed with a, a variety of responses, programmed to react to different stimuli and words. But I think it gets close to where, like, if if the if the sex doll that's equipped with AI is able to respond like a human, Mm -hmm. I don't know what in your brain would make it different from that and from viewing it as a consensual partner who's partaking in sex.
1: I can see that particularly just with how human beings create associations, you know, mm-hmm. on a basic level that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, but I think like, likely anyone who's had, you know, varying forms of intimacy, um, you know, the thing that would seem lacking with something that's more along the lines of a robot or a doll is just simply that a lot of times if you're with someone in, like I said, at any variety of intimacy, you can kind of, you feel that person, you know, more than physically, you know, there's like a merging of souls, depending on like how connected you are in that moment. And I would imagine that would be really difficult to replicate with, um, yeah, a, an object that doesn't have a soul or like, you know, a range of emotions, like, you know, just in conversation, I'm sure like in relationships, you can tell some things like off with someone, or if they are more connected, or you have better sex, or worse sex, or whatever it is, there's, you know, there's different levels of, of connection, that it's not like your partner's physical body has to change, or that you're, um, interest or desire toward them changes, but you can feel those nuances. That's just, I can't imagine that being possible. Like, um, and I'm I'm not saying that's even the goal, but um, yeah, it's, to me, that's a huge element of what the intention and bonding element of sex is meant to be between two people um, Mm -hmm. with a spirit. So, and that's not even a quote unquote Christian thing. To me, that's just like, no matter what you believe, that element likely a person has felt if they've had any intimacy before.
0: Mm -hmm. One of the stats that I found was interesting, and I couldn't find this anywhere that was scientifically verified. It was more just people throwing it out. But they said that by the year 2050, scientists believe that human and robot sexual encounters will by far outnumber human to human sexual encounters. Really? Yeah.
1: I know that it's becoming more of a trend in places like China and likely some other um, areas of the world. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: It started in Japan, the the idea of the sex doll brothel Everything I could find said that it started in Japan in the early two thousands.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, that kind of scares me a little bit, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, not even so much just from the, you know, potential like deviance that it kind of appears to present. Um, but more than anything, just on, just as human beings, um, that connection and that desire to connect with the real person and, you know, work through difficult things and not have everything always just be a snap of a finger that it's like fast food for you. Um, it just, it feels kind of empty. It feels kind of lacking of like the full range of human experience. Um, it, it feels very primal to me, you know?
0: Uh-huh.
1: Like it seems very base, if that makes sense. So yeah, um, I guess for the betterment of society, I kind of hope that we don't go that direction just because it it almost seems like a reduction of, um, like the fullness of being uh, a human, you know? So yeah, that's my thought on that.
0: So I, I feel like this, let's say that you have an inanimate sex doll. There's no artificial intelligence. Nothing makes you think that it's alive other than it's molded after human form.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I would say there is a difference between that and a dildo or an artificial penis or an artificial vagina that you can currently buy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So with that difference then, I I was trying to project and see, okay, well, if sex dolls are next, I mean, what what else is gonna come sure. with this? And so I imagined something like, even like a whole room that was designed almost like a Universal Studios or a Disney park ride that was a sexual experience where you know it involves all your senses, there's virtual reality going on maybe. That
1: actually kind of already exists. Oh really? Um yes, but only the only um I can't remember I might have been listening to a podcast or something. It was some girl uh, explaining that she went to some virtual reality um, AI event or something mm-hmm. and um, like it was in a, it was a public space and um, she <laughs> went into one of these rooms and there were other people there but I guess there was like pornography on the screen and one guy with like the virtual reality headset and the whole thing and it was like a full-on like
0: like an immersive it was a little experience. too much
1: information for her but yeah it was a full sense experience and as much as that can be but mm-hmm. I, I don't know i don't think it's probably gotten quite to the extent of what you've just mentioned but that's the closest i've heard is that actual experience
0: yeah when i was thinking about it i was thinking something like like a chair that that vibrates with like animatronic robots doing all sorts of things. And, you know, I wonder if given the choice between virtual reality or having a sex doll, I even feel like the virtual reality would be more appealing to people just because of the advent of novelties and fetishes That exists far beyond, like, being able to be replicated in the real world.
1: Yeah, I can see that it would, obviously, you're going to have more of your senses engaged, and that could be a lot more appealing to people. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Guarantee it will happen. Like, Mm -hmm. that these people are creating something new all the time. I mean, I remember, you know, several years ago, hearing about like blow up dolls and being like, that's interesting slash kind of weird. And then I feel like kind of all of a sudden out of nowhere, you know, you see these kind of crude, crudely made blow up dolls to like these s- sex dolls that have like skin that feels almost human-like, according to what I've heard. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine there's no limit to to what could be created, you know, aside from uh, injecting a soul into one of these things.
0: Yeah, I can imagine even with virtual reality, being able to link it. So if you had a sex doll, there were sensors in each of its joints so that you could model, some, let's say,
1: responsiveness in some sense yeah yeah Uh yeah Yeah, I hadn't thought about that at all but I can of course I can see how that would be appealing to people I mean on a real level here like um a lot of people view pornography um that's kind of an easy way to kind of get where they want to go I can imagine that you know this is just another avenue another another way of achieving but yeah i i can't imagine that i would imagine even for someone who does just want like the most easy quick i call them easy buttons like the things that you can just like access easily that like give you that like good feeling Mm -hmm. um i would still imagine that there's still a deeper desire for connection for most people i mean most people that view pornography would probably not say that they don't want to be in a relationship or that they like just want to be with their computer all the time, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so obviously it's, there's no way that it can like meet every need. I think that what I'm really interested to look at is, um, really the adverse effects that it has, that it can have, um, whether it's a sex doll or a pornography on real relationships, you know, Um, once you kind of start developing those habits, would that be something that a real life partner would, um, accept? Are they meant to like allow that in a relationship or do you just forego having real relationships because it won't be acceptable? You know, I think you kind of have to look at if you start something, will you be able to stop it? And, um, will it impede your other desires. You know, we're not just like one, we're multifaceted human beings. It's likely that you're going to, a lot of times people have sex and they want to like talk, maybe, or maybe they just go to sleep. But uh, <laughs> either way, um, yeah, I think you have to look at like the negative effects that it would have if you do want something deeper. Um, can you have both?
0: Mm. So, let's talk about um, sex workers sure one of the greatest concerns that i found was that sex workers were concerned that this would put them out of business even um, at the brothel that i referenced in nevada they have sex workers like prostitutes that you can have a room with or these sex dolls and the the human workers were very concerned about this impinging upon their jobs do you have any thoughts on that
1: i have on a similar lane i have heard that um, some sex workers are concerned that it could lead to um more harm towards them um due to like people kind of um i don't say disassociating but not associating. Um, feeling and um concern for a doll and then kind of transferring that experience onto, you know, a real sex worker. Um so I mean, I definitely care about that. You know, these situations are whether it's a man or a woman, um it's really hard for them to be protected in those cases. Um But yeah, to answer your question, like I guess it's a little bit hard for me to like have too much like sympathy is not really quite the right word, but for that industry and like how it's doing monetarily for these individuals, um, that in and of itself is not a particular concern of mine. Um, just because I tend to feel like it's kind of unfortunate that anyone would have to be in that position or choose to be in that position. Um, That's my personal take. Um, But I do know that these things are cyclical. And so even though it's not something I particularly care about, it is a livelihood for some people. And I, having studied and like actually have, you know, somewhat of a pretty decent background in human rights issues. Um, I've worked with some nonprofit organizations that that do work with, um, with sex workers. Um, so I'm not like
2: mm-hmm.
1: heartless towards their plights. But um, yeah, I guess ultimately I just wish that they weren't in that situation. But the reality is that it's a difficult, um, it's a difficult situation to get out of. Uh, given how uh, how cyclical it is, how far it goes back, and also just the lack of power that a lot of sex workers have, um, it's it's a complex issue for sure.
0: Yeah, I I respect that a lot, and I hear people say that you should have the right to go into that line of work.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You should like it shouldn't be made illegal, and I have. Mixed thoughts on that. One, I've, I've, I'm sure you have way more experience and understanding of this, but just from my little surface and superficial understanding of it, the the realities of that life are very challenging and very tough. And like you said, to get out of is sometimes even more challenging and tough, and can create very rough situations for people.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're obviously getting a little away from the sex doll conversation, and I'm okay with that if you are. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, to me, it kind of comes down to identity. And I think that if, let's say, um, as a sex worker, you kind of get drawn into that. um, A lot of times from you know, people I've interviewed and studies that I've done. Um, it's, in my opinion, it's not always as much of a choice as people think it is. You know, a lot of times people are lured in at a younger age. And even if they might have verbally agreed, you're looking at people that are making decisions from, um, from not the most advantageous place to make a decision. You know, you're looking at um, a lot of times people that are at the beginning of a drug addiction or likely will get into one from being in a situation like that. Um, and also people that po- possibly come from abusive families that have kind of allowed their identity to think that that's something that would even be an option for them, that that's something that they would even consider. So like I always like to use the language of what I like to call secondary choice because just because a human being is saying like, yeah, I'm willing to do that. Um, I can accept that. I think there's a bigger question to ask of like, why? Like, why would that person be okay? Okay, with that? Why would they accept that? Why would that be um, trading their body for money or whatever it is? And I know that some people would argue, no, I came from a good home. I'm mentally fine. Like this is empowering to me, blah, blah, blah. I know that that's a very small percentage. Most of the time, someone who ends up in that situation, they might be the girlfriend of a pimp, they might, and likely they don't come from circumstances that their identity with inside themselves is allowing them to make decisions that they would make if they had the option of real choice. If you go into sex work, it's likely you don't feel like you have a lot of options so for me like my um i very little judgment towards anyone who ends up in that situation or finds himself there or gets out of it and finds himself going back um it's it's a complicated subject and um i just know that most of the time a person's like heart and spirit and their idea of themselves has likely been broken down well before they made that choice. So I don't really consider it like a completely free will choice in my opinion. Hmm. Have a lot of thoughts about those things.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that, I think it, it all relates because at at the core of it, we're talking about how we relate to one another yeah. as humans. And, Wanting to frame this, like the reason I even want to talk about this, like I've said, is I'm interested in making society a better place for all people. Mm-hmm. And so I want to explore all of those things without my prejudices towards them and try and look at them in a neutral light and say, okay, this is what it is. Yeah. Like, poke and prod at it, look at it from all angles, and try and come to a, an educated, decision that that values people over the issue itself.
1: Yeah, I, I completely see that from like how you've been speaking and I think that that's, it is really important. I know that it can be difficult uh, for myself, for sure. I can have an idea of this is wrong and just be really black and white about certain subjects. Mm-hmm. Um, partially because like they might be a little triggering for me and partially just because of like how I grew up um, and my background and just kind of being like not digging into, okay, well, this is happening. Um, Just because it's my opinion or my view or my moral or whatever it is that it shouldn't be, um, doesn't do anything to solve, look at, or create any dialogue that could be helpful especially for people that have a different point of view than I might have, they're just going to hear no and shame and not talk about it at all. Mm. So like, I think these types of discussions, and I'm really glad you wanted to have this discussion as, um, kind of dicey as it can be to talk about things like this. It is important because no matter what your, um, your faith system or your spirituality is or whatever like we're all seeing things and being introduced to things that could be um start off as interest turn into potentially some type of temptation Um, and i know other people don't even look at us as as temptation but maybe if they don't look at us look at it as temptation they might look at it from a conversation like this as not being like for their highest good, you know, not being for the highest good for themselves personally, not being for the highest good of their potential relationships. Um, So I don't know, my opinion, regardless of what your like religious beliefs are, if something is potentially going to be taking from you in the long run, is it really worth like those short term payoff of, whatever you get from from the object uh-huh I think the one element that we kind of touched on but didn't like really uh dive into is the is the element of um the word I'm looking for essentially people that are attracted to children if this is a, a potential oh. outlet for for them that could be uh, more appropriate you know I've thought about that a lot because um You know, it's a huge, it's a way bigger issue than, than people sometimes realize. And it's certainly not talked about very often. Uh Um, Pedophilia makes people extremely uncomfortable. Like we are not comfortable with talking about that. And there are also, um, from my research on that, there's, there aren't a lot of options, um, or maybe people just don't know where to find them. You know, I don't really quite know what the answer is, but I, I think that it's such a del- delicate subject. It tends to have a lot of fear based around it. And if you do dig into it, um, you know, you might be labeled like a sympathizer, which no one wants to touch anything to do with that. They're like, no, I have nothing to do with that. I'm certainly not going to sympathize with someone that's sexually abusing children and like essentially destroying their lives yeah. um, or potentially doing so. And the reason why I think it's kind of important to touch on this is because the numbers are enormous. I mean, I would have to really do a check on the actual age ranges. Um, but, you know, a typical stats are that one in four um, females and one in six reported males, and these are just reported stats, um, are sexually abused in some way, shape or form in their life. Now that might not be a stat that's specific to children, but like in a given room, you know somebody that's been affected in that way. So to me, it's a huge missed opportunity that we're not talking about this more because they don't have a voice, you know? Yeah. Um, And so, with that said, for people that really do have a draw and um, an attraction, quite frankly, like towards children, towards a prepubescent being, you know, is this an option for them that um, could potentially save the child from harm? Um, Do you want to speak on that or do you want me to kind of keep going? (laughs)
0: Uh, yeah, let me let me speak on that. One, yeah. this makes me think of um, Corey Feldman. He recently came out and addressed his accusers, and child molestation and sexual abuse seems to be rampant in Hollywood and and media across the board. So I, I agree. I think it's really important to talk about. I think that. What we brought up previously about, uh, never being satisfied, Mm -hmm. like maybe in the short term that would, that would satisfy the desire or the need of that person, but would it continue to ramp up? That's, that's the first question that I have.
1: Yeah. And that's, to me, that's likely the biggest downside I can see. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also hard not to just think about something childlike being made purposely for that intent is yeah. a little disturbing. Um, but on the flip side, rather that option than an actual being that's going to grow and have this damage on their life, um, it's a tough one because. I'm aware that there is a population of people that do have um, pedophiliac um, desires and um, they're abstinent and they're seemingly almost as disturbed by it as anyone else. Um, And they don't have an outlet for what appears to be a pretty intense draw for them sexually and it's tough i can't say yay or nay on it honestly but i i'm not a hundred percent no on there being some type of outlet for someone who wouldn't touch a child like wouldn't have it go further and um I guess just wouldn't act on it with with a human being. I don't know it's such a tough one. It really is like I would really have to dig into it more and just understand the psyche of like
0: these people It's funny because I'm feeling I felt tense during this conversation, yeah, especially talking about the pedophilia, and For sure. I think part of that is because growing up like. We just never talk about these things, especially not in the church. Yeah. Um, and they would just get glossed over as obviously this is wrong without any real deeper explanation. And I feel like that explanation would be helpful for navigating other issues in life. It's kind of a course and a guide.
1: On an impractical level, I just want to say like, no, it's wrong. Get rid of that desire. Um, you just shouldn't have it. Um, stop being weird, <laughs> like, whatever, yeah. like, you know, you're just snap things, you're just, even most people aren't gonna, like, out loud be like, yeah, yeah, yeah I watched that, I'm cool with that, oh, I clicked on that a couple times, I was curious, and then, like, the curiosity built, um, I do kind of want to just a little bit touch on this um, not to completely deviate from what you were just talking about but you know something that I've thought about a good bit is you know it has to be so difficult like if you are a human being that like starts out you know viewing what might be typified as like pretty normal pornography and maybe you don't think that that's particularly um, wrong or um, whatever, um, I, I'm not for it in any regard, like at all, but I, I know that that's not the typical stance and I'm aware of the fact that a lot of these websites there are so many different options and it's very easy to just have what might be a simple curiosity or just a little bit of a feeling that something needs to be ramped up because you're not quite getting the same like level of hit in your brain and it doesn't always start out as like someone having a perversion whether it's the children or animals or whatever other thing it might be and so I, I say this because I'm trying to like understand and not be so quick to like demonize people that do watch something that they're kind of like, ugh, that made me feel really weird that I just did that. You know, I don't think that it's necessarily like in the heart of a person or even something that they might have initially been interested in or attracted to. And though the way that the sites are set up or however it is makes it really easy for, for people to be introduced to things that, that, we're never actually a part of them, you know?
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, yeah, <laughs> that's. I just wanted to say that.
0: Yeah, so I think with all of this, and I, I keep saying this just so that it is abundantly clear, we're approaching the conversation from prioritizing people over the issues. Yes. So for, for example, I just wrote a song about how anytime that I get close to a ledge, there's a voice inside of my head that says, jump. Just jump off the ledge. Or yeah. if I'm working with a power saw and I'm running wood through a power saw, there's this thought, it's like, put your arm through it. Uh huh. And those are very normal thoughts. Yeah. But if you go through with it, that's something entirely different. Right. Um, and so I, I feel like the conclusion that we're kind of circling around right now with all this is we want to create a society that's, that's beneficial for all people, that cares for all people, even people on the fringes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But there are some things that should not be even introduced or tampered with. Yeah. And simply because there is a desire for something does not mean that it should be explored.
1: Yeah, yeah, Um, I agree with that. I mean, kind of going back, you kind of just have to think what is for the greatest good, like something may feel good in the moment, it might seem like a good idea in the moment, but if it ultimately uh, leads to a decline for an individual or for society, I mean, you also have to look at the implications of if we did reach a point where in X amount of years, um, sex dolls or things like that are um, a lot more prevalent than they are now, what is that? What is the impact um, on the individual? What is the impact on society? We're already seeing that in other countries. Um, But also, like to your point earlier, I think ultimately just having these conversations in as an unbiased way as possible, which I don't think I'm particularly very good at being (laughs) unbiased, but I'm really trying. Um, It is important because otherwise the conversations aren't happening. We just say no, we just say bad. And then the things are happening anyway, and we're not asking why. And I love that you introduced this conversation because we're able to, dig in a little bit deeper and be like, why is this happening? What, what is good or bad or potentially positive? Or how do we even control it if things do get out of hand? Um, yeah. The dialogue is important.
0: Mm-hmm. So I think, I think this is a good time to wrap yeah. up the conversation. Okay. Um, I want to thank you for your time. Thank you for your thoughtfulness and your investment into this conversation
1: thank you andrew
0: yeah thank you rachel